For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Fest preview podcast 2016. It's that time again. And um, my first guest in hopefully what will be a series over the month of August is Simon Rumley. Hello, Simon. Hello there. Do you want to tell us what film we're uh, we're talking about with regards to yourself? Absolutely. We're talking about um film that I shot a few years ago in Louisiana called Johnny Frank Garrett's Last Word. Okay. And do you want to give us a, a sort of brief synopsis of what that's about? Uh, yeah, it's it's um it's based on a true story, so it has an element of absolute tragedy to it um, on, on different levels. Basically, it's set in Texas in 1960. Well, the film starts in 1968, I think, mm-hmm. um, when a a 78-year-old nun or 76-year-old nun was raped and murdered in her bedroom in her convent in Amarillo, Texas. And the the police couldn't um, find out immediately who did it. Um, and they they ended up arresting a, a, a young man called Johnny Frank Garrett, who I think at the time was 16. Maybe, he may be, I think it was maybe 17. Um, and they arrested him. Um, he always maintained his innocence. They took him to trial Um and found him guilty. It was generally considered to be a very unfair trial, which kind of eschewed many elements of, of the rule of law and, and the kind of American constitution and sentenced him to death. So 10 years later, um, all his um, appeals had failed, and so he was executed. Um, and on his deathbed, on, on the night of his execution, he wrote a curse letter, um, and, the, and the curse letter is real. I've held it in my hands. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the whole thing is quite crazy, really. Um, and and in it, he he basically says, you know, dear society, you know, fuck you. Um, you know, you you've made me into this murderer, but you never asked me if I was innocent, and I could have proven to you many times over that I'm innocent. Um, and now you've sent me to my death, um, but I am going to my death. Um, 
knowledgeable in the fact that you know I have put a curse on you, um, and not only on you but all your you know your family, your your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, your children, and and when not only when you die but when they die, that will be me taking my revenge on you. Um, and so he was executed um, by lethal injection, and very soon thereafter, various people who were involved with his murder started mysteriously dying. So that, and, and so, and, and so the, the film is about a, a fictional juror who was on, on the jury, but who um, didn't quite think he was guilty, but didn't manage to persuade the other jurors. And it's about what happens when, when, when the curse comes into his own family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean that's one of the that's one of the first surprises of the movie. Really, is that you, you obviously start off with the you know the sort of Bible bar, Bible Belt tub thumping lawyer talking about God and stuff and how this child is you know the spawn of Satan and whatever and should be killed for what he's done to that nun. And then yeah. we get we fast forward to the kind of lethal injection thing, and then it's kind of like the story is about after he's gone because you can't. I kind of thought it was going to be about. Because I didn't read too much about it before I started. I just knew it was true stories. Yep. I thought this is going to be the story of um, getting this guy off. Because when you when you when you when you got that courtroom scene, he goes, "But I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if he's guilty." And everyone says, "But he, but he is." <laughs> so when, when did you when did you come on board well, with this? You, then? You know what? I mean, well, so I was I was a director for hire on this film, um, okay. and I was I was brought on board by by the producers. Um, who are headed by kind of Frank Mancuso, who, who's a um, Hollywood, you know, very, very experienced Hollywood old hands, I, I guess. Um, mm. and, and he he um, he produced all the Halloween franchise films. He produced Stigmata. He produced um, Species. He produced Ronin. Um, so yeah, so I came on board in April um, 2013. It's quite a long wow. time ago. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 um, and and yeah. So so basically, from April two thousand and thirteen, um, we shot the film in, I guess, October two thousand and thirteen, and then and then spent you know a while editing it, and and the the whole post production process took a lot longer than it probably should have done really. Um, so yeah, and and then we we find we actually premiered the film. This year at South by Southwest in, in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, so so yeah. So as ever, coming to Fright Fest is, is the the UK premiere. Brilliant. So do you, do you know do you know when you're showing the film? When people can uh, see it. I, I do actually. It's on the Sunday, the twenty eighth, I believe, and I think it's from. Um, I think well, there's three different screenings, so that's kind of that's kind of uh, different from obviously Fright Fests in, in the past, but. I think there's a an eleven o'clock, a, a kind of two o'clock, and, and a four o'clock one. I tell you what, I'll correct you there, so the audience gets the right one. Yes, please. You've do. got you've got the Splice Media screen at eleven fifteen a.m. Okay. You've got the Horror Channel screen at one yep. p.m. And oh, then okay. the, and then the Arrow Video screen, which is the one I'm told I'm going to be in. That's at three forty-five. Ah, okay. uh -huh, there you go. Well, thanks for coming that so, out. It's all right. It's all right. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, when when you uh, when you come on board with uh, yeah. with a story like this, especially like a yeah. fictional 
sort of. I guess yeah. it's, a, it's. Would you call it like a fictional extrapolation of the cursed letter? With, with yeah, it, it is. It is. I mean, basically, it, it's, it's. You know, the whole thing is. It was quite a strange experience for many reasons. But but yeah, it, it was. I think that's quite a good good way to put it. Like the um, so all the deaths in, in the film that you see actually happened in real life, hmm. um, and and all of them we were very well. They, we we basically stuck stuck more or less to the truth. Um, there, there's one scene in a classroom where which was slightly heightened, well, fairly heightened, but the the teacher did, did commit suicide. Um, the, the rest are a lot closer to the truth. Um, really? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so but but the but the actual um, character, as I said, the the juror is is a, is a fictional character, um, but everything else is is absolutely true. And there's actually an amazing documentary which um, it was on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube anymore, but if, if you actually search for it, it's, it's on it's on another streaming site, which, the name of which I forget. Okay, called, which is actually called The Last Word, and that was by a a barrister, strict lawyer called. Um, Jesse Quackenbush, who I, I believe, I'm not sure if he's, I, I believe he may have even been from Amarillo himself. Um, but, but that, that, that deals much more with the, the kind of procedural injustices of the case. Right. Um, okay. With, with just a kind of nod to the, to, to the, you know, more horror angle at the end. And actually, to be quite honest, you know, when, when I first read the script, um, as it was back then, and, and when I saw that documentary, it, it, it felt like incredible because I, I felt that we could have made a. Um, I don't know if you ever saw a film called West of Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it was. I felt you know we you know we had the opportunity to make a film like that, but laced with laced with horror. Um, in, in the end, that that wasn't how how the um, you know the, the financiers and producers wanted to go. But but the but the actual aspects of of the case are. Are quite astounding, really, and and I would you know, advise you or anyone else to who has a, a modicum of interest in, in in the story to actually try and track that down because it's it's a really amazing documentary and it's you know it, it's it's well it's not dissimilar to you know the um, making of a murderer the, the Steve Avery thing I, I mean it's only ninety minutes or something but it, it's essentially the, those kind of things just litter the Johnny Frank Garrett case. Um, you know, and it's 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 kind of shocking and sad and and um, quite eye opening, really. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's one of, it's one of the things that um, you kind of it's it's, the, it's that empty feeling you have at the end of the film, which is um, you want to know more. Um, yeah, there's yeah. no there's no way on earth that you, if you've got any compassion in your in your bones, that you yeah. don't you yeah. don't want to know more about this poor fella. And, no, uh, no. And, and this mad town that convicted him, as it were. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And and you know what, what's what's amazing, you know, probably the most amazing thing out of the whole of experience is is, is that you know Johnny Frank Garrett really is you know, someone who lived and breathed, and and his family is still alive, and and um, his mother is still alive. I don't think he ever knew his father, um, but he has two sisters; they're still alive, and they um they 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 actually contacted me, and um. Around the time of the South by Southwest premiere, and said, "You know, this is Johnny's family. We we we, we want to come and see the film." And I I was you know I was quite nervous because it's the, the film is a you know it, it, it's it's a Hollywood you know version of the truth, and it's a Hollywood version of horror. So yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. So it, it's it's um <clears throat> there's reasons if if you're Johnny's sister or mother 
to to not like the film. So I, I was, you know, very nervous, but you know, I cleared up with a producer and they, they came along and, and I, I warned them a few times that, you know, that this is more about, you know, that this is more a horror film than a, you know, a legal procedure film. Mm. And they're like, that's okay, we understand. Um, and, and they watched it and, and absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, they came on stage afterwards and, you know, burst into tears. You know, the two sisters burst into tears. And, and, and they, they, they were just like, just over the moon um, that, that, you know, this film had been made because, because they've been seeking justice, you know, since his death, well, since his murder, I should say, in, you know, almost 30 years ago. And, um, and, and that they haven't managed to get anywhere with it. So they were just like, you know, we're just so happy that, that his name is going to get out there again, you know, and, and, and that people are going to be able to, you know, find out about him and, and, and do a bit more research about him and, and hopefully, you know, make up their own mind about him that, that, you know, he was not a murderer and, and that hopefully that, you know, one day we can still, you know, get his, 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 um, get his name cleared of, of, of the, of the charges. And, and his mother, who, I don't know how old she is, but I'm guessing she's 70s, you know, she, you know, she said something which is very touching. She said, you know, I, I just, before I die, I, 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 I my, my ambition is to live as long enough to hear, to see my, my son's name, you know, um, you know, reprieved from the murder status. Um, no, no, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, it's, and it's interesting that, that, um, it's interesting your your reticence because because I thought I thought this, obviously despite the fact that the story pans out like a kind of supernatural sort of yeah. restless spirit kind of thing, um, yeah. it, underlying all that the message was certainly sympathetic to to yeah. the injustice. I mean, as much as you can, yeah. as much as you can be, like you say, within the kind of yeah, the, no, no, very much so, and, and um, you know. And, and that, that was another thing that I said to them. I said, look, you know, whatever, you know, you think of the film, our, our, our intentions are, you know, or certainly my, my intentions are honorable that, you know, having watched the documentary and done some reading and, you know, as, as far as I can work out, I, I, I don't think, you know, the, 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 you know, no, no one can ever say 100% for sure if he murdered the, 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 um, the nun or not. But, you know, from having looked at everything, listened to everything, my feeling is he didn't. And, and, and even, even, you know, that aside, what, what he, he did not get is, is anything approximating a, a fair trial. You know, he no, was no. just kind of perceived as, as this, yeah, as, as this kid who was from the wrong side of the tracks, who didn't have any money, you know, wasn't, the smartest kid in, in the classroom and basically was someone who I think the system could abuse. Um, and, and, and that, you know, that comes out very clearly. Um, it's one of those amazing contradictions, isn't it? In, in sort of the God fearing town, small towns of America that, that people would rather get somebody for a crime than get the right person. It's, yeah. sort of, it, yeah. it's, it's weird how you can whip yourself up into a need to convict somebody, anybody rather than find yeah. the killer. Yeah, well, I mean, there's actually, you know, quite an interesting um, line in the um, in, in the film where where the um, our, our juror, our fictional juror, meets the um, the district attorney, who, who who's a guy called Danny Hill, and in the film, Danny Hill says, you know, you know, it doesn't matter if he was innocent or not for this particular um, you know crime, because actually he was a bad kid and he he would have always have done something bad. And, 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 and that was, you know, and that, that's kind of a crazy thing to say, really, you know, because it's, it's, it's basically, you know, 
giving someone a conviction before they've actually, you know, or, or before they've actually done something, you know, actually, which has been proven to, you know, to actually have been, um, committed. And, and something very similar was said in, um, in, in making of a murderer, um, by the Stephen Avery's defense lawyers, which I, I, I thought was also actually very, very telling and very interesting. He said that, you know, he said these policemen, he said, you know, they're not actually evil guys. They're not even necessarily bad guys. They actually believe that, you know, Stephen Avery is a bad guy and that w what they're doing is that they're, you know, even if he hadn't done this crime, you know, he, he's done other crimes or that he, he would do something else. And, and, and so he said, you know, you're fighting this kind of, this force which from the objective kind of viewpoint is actually, is actually, you know, um, kind of actually fairly evil, you know, the, 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 the state and the system, um, and because it's abusing its power, but the people in power actually often don't think that what they're doing is wrong. So, so it's so even within that, that there's, you know, there's quite an interesting contradiction of, of, of why people are doing this and what they're doing it, but it's very much, you know, that kangaroo court that, you know, we think you're innocent. Sorry, we think you're guilty and, and it doesn't matter if it's real of this crime or not, but we're going to, you know, get you for this crime and, and the, the, the world will be a better place because you, you at some point did something bad in your life. So, which you weren't caught for. So yeah, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd like to say it still doesn't happen, but of course, you know, the whole Stephen Avery thing. I, I don't know if you've watched Making of a Murderer, but that, that's, um, no, I certainly did. So, I mean, I, I did, I've done some research in the past about, um, interrogation techniques. Oh, wow. Okay. And if you look at how you're you're trained to interrogate somebody, you you as the representative yeah. of the law can say what you like because you're not yeah. you're you're not what you're saying isn't isn't evidence. But yeah. anything the person being interrogated says can be used as evidence against them. Obviously, as the phrase goes. Yeah. Well, so, and, and actually, in 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 that in in that series, you know, it's when the um when Avery's was it. Um, cousin or, or nep nephew, I think, was got got arrested, and yeah. you know the policeman just. I mean, watching that, you know, get them getting a in inverted commas confession out of him was again just just kind of crazy. Really, you're like, yeah, and that's that's the perfect example of of how it's done. Really, it's the yeah. um, the the idea that we put words in your mouth, you say it, and then you go, oh right, you said that, and then the minute you go, I don't know, then then that's yeah. the that's the doubt they need, and then it's like if you yeah. can doubt that, we can doubt everything you've said. But anyway, yeah. let's get back to your film then. Yes. Um, so when you come on board as a director to hire, what, yeah. and obviously given that this is something that's, that's spiralling out of out of fact as well as trying to be a drama, a fictional drama. Yeah. yeah. What's your, what's your initial role then with, with 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 regards to the script? Do you just do you get given a script and off you go, or do you do you read the script and give notes back and say this is what I prefer? Yeah. Just, I, th I think this is well. I'd, I hope this is a, a unique situation where I, I, as I said, I didn't really, you know, I, I had control. Well, I had a reasonable amount of control over casting and and choosing, you know, the, the crew and all that kind of stuff, and, and that was all great. And script, for some reason, I, I never really had so much say into it, mm. which, uh, yeah, is 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 weird. Um, I should say. So, I mean, you know, which actually is. I mean, I, I actually after that, I just I did a film last year called Crowhurst, which we're literally just finishing at the moment, and okay. um, and and that 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 again was you know similar kind of situation, but you know me, I, I kind of reshaped the script with with the blessing of the producer and and, and the writer, and um, you know, and, and suddenly it came, it, it, it was one thing, 
I mean, I mean, it's still you know the same story, the same key points and stuff. But again, I, I brought on my my you know, my director's vision, shall we call it, um, and ideas, which made it you know different from what it was. Which you know, I guess some some I guess you know some producers want that, some some don't. Um, and um, I, I think yeah, you know, um, I, I guess you know Hollywood works in probably quite a different way than. Than the American, uh, sorry, than the English, English, English producers. Got you, got you, got you. So, so when, so if you if you've got control of casting, then and um, you, yeah. you you bring people on set, what's what's for your kind of main your main sort of cast? What's your first conversation like with them? What are you trying to communicate at that point before you like maybe even before you've even all walked on set? What are you? How are you setting well, people, getting people ready for you to direct, as it were? Well, well, again, you know, this this is interesting. You know, I. I um, on this film, you know, I, I guess we, we chose the, the, the leads were kind of kind of joint decisions with, with me and the producer, and and, and in, in reality, I didn't speak. Well, I have I think maybe one Skype phone conversation with them, um, kind of offering them the job, hmm. and then the next the next thing I knew, you know, we're on we're on location, and I think you know I, I managed to, I, I think. Um, Mike Doyle, who plays the lead guy, you know, I think we literally managed to have you know dinner um, before we were shooting, and then <laughs> and, and then Sean Patrick Flannery, who played the, the district attorney, you know, I didn't even manage to have dinner, you know, I, I managed to say hello to him when when he was getting his makeup on. So, um, you know, certainly in 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 films that I've you know I, I've had more well a producing role in um or actually well and and Sonny the Christ film you know you know it's more a kind of you meet the people you have you know have a conversation you make sure that you like them that they like you um and if, if you're both in agreement then you know you move forward and and, and make the offer and, and hopefully the offer kind of works out with with the agents and managers and stuff um mm. and 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 then and then you know with I mean so, so I mean, so for so, yes, and 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 then you know you're you know you're talking to these people. At some point, you know, you know that this, that everything is going to work out, or, or you know you're 99 percent sure that things are going to work out. And I know, and and at that point, I guess the the actors start reading the script. You know, a few times. You know, you, you have a few emails. You know, maybe a few phone calls. Um, if you can, you kind of try and meet up with them. Um, I, I guess you know quite often. That that's not so easy because they're in one part of the country, you're in another part of the country. But um, but certainly, I mean, you know, I I, I just did a, an, another film called Fashionista, which I shot in Austin. Yeah. Um, and 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 the the three lead actors were all from LA. So you know, I so one weekend, I don't think we cast the, the third actor, but certainly one weekend I went, I fl- I flew to LA from um, Austin and spent basically spent the weekend with. With with the actors, you know, just going going through the scenes, talking about them, you know, they they had a few questions. I had a few questions like, you know, do you think this works or do you think we should change it? And 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 then you know, and at some point, you have to, you know, you, well, you hand the role over to the actor, and it, it becomes their responsibility to um to you know really make it work. But but you know, ideally, that that's after you've. You've spent, you've had at least a couple of, you know, sessions with them really that, that make sure that everyone's everyone's on the same page. Now, there's a few there's a few tough scenes for uh, for some of your younger cast, isn't there? Uh, certainly, um, the son of, um, of yeah. the main guy. Um, 
how how do you how do you prepare a kid for that kind of role? Because it's quite intense, isn't it? Some, some of those yeah, moments. I, I mean, you know, he was amazing. He was a guy called um, Dodge Prince, and um, he, you know, the um, the, there were two casting um, directors on on the film, and the the one who cast the majority of it, someone called Karen Holford, who who I worked with on Red, White, and Blue, and who I've just worked with on Fashionista as well, and um, you know. I'd, I'd like to think, generally speaking, I, I, I get good performances from actors, and and I, and and really, you know, more than you know, you know, any kind of thing that I say to the actors or do with them, you know, my my firm belief is that that getting good results from the actors is, is casting the right actors. Yeah. So, so so you know, if, if you're going for big names, then you know you kind of know what they've done before. So so you, you're not allowed, you know. The, the, the kind of rule, the un well the unspoken rule of thumb is you know you, you don't audition you know big actors or, or famous actors for that you know you offer them but then obviously with 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 the smaller roles you still you still have the auditions and, and um, I think with with this um, with this film you know we I guess we went through I don't know quite, quite a few you know young boys and stuff yeah. um, and I, I think we actually saw girls as well because in reality. It didn't really make any difference whether she was well, well, whether kid was a boy or a girl. Hmm. Uh, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, in, in the end, we um, well, Karen found this 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 guy Prince, and he did an amazing audition. And and in the audition, you know, he he came across as very smart, very nice. Um, he he is very responsive. You know, you could see him him reading the lines, kind of understanding them. You know, working. You know, trying to trying to portray them and what he was doing. And I, I, I think again, you know, at some point he he pretty much burst into tears due to the the kind of you know the intensity of it. And and we we were very you know there was there was one guy who I thought was really good. Um, and then we saw Dodge and, and Dodge took the biscuit really. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, you know, and and I think I don't can't remember exactly how old he was. I think he was. 10 or 11 no maybe 11 or 12 um um and so you know his parents had to be there at the audition his parents were there on set and stuff but again they were they were just you know lo lovely presence you know you, you could you could see that as a very you know supportive loving you know very good family um but yeah you know you know i mean i think I don't know if you've looked at um actual proper pictures of johnny frank garrett online but again oh, no, we, no, no, no. No, well, it, it's it's amazing because the, the guy that we got to play him, um, Devin Bonnet, is also looks amazingly like Johnny Frank Garrett, which oh, which really? is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, going back to the, the, the sisters of, of his, you know, when they, they they said that when they first saw the, the photo of Devin as Johnny Frank Garrett, they that their, their their body just kind of reacted, and you know, all the hairs on on, on her head. Um, neck and stuff stood up so they said that they thought it was johnny um and and again you know he was the only person we saw because karen karen said you know well there's this guy there's this you know, guy i know i i think i think he's great i really hope you like him because i have no idea who else would use and again you know <laughs> I, I i you know we met him and he he basically came <clears throat> to the audition as johnny frank garrett um and and yeah as soon as he left i was like yeah his his He's got the role, and and it was funny because she was like, "Oh, well, I'm, that's great! I'm so happy!" And she rushed out 
and, and grabbed Devon and said, you know, come and meet Simon, you know, as Devon. So he came back and he was just like this really nice, you know, again, I think it was 22, 23, just nice smiling and, you know, he was over the moon and, you know, sometimes you, you, you forget that actors actually act, but, um, yeah, you know, he, he, it's, um, it's all in the audition really in, in my mind. Now, one of, one of the, one of the interesting things for me, and this is where the film really appealed to me is the, um, is the idea that obviously in the film the the antagonist, for want of a better, for want of a better word, is meant to be the spirit of um, yeah. of Johnny, um, yeah. and that's that plays it like it's a straight horror film. But obviously, the, the thematically, the town's yeah. guilt is also the antagonist in this yeah. because that's what's created yeah. it. And I like I do like that um, as someone that's not very religious, and when yeah. I when I see that kind of righteousness, as was. You know, you dramatise it, and I'm sure it's not a million miles from maybe some things that were said in the town at the time. Is that if the if you know a little voice in my head's going, if there really is a god, then maybe that is the wrath of God happening there to these people who kind of pretend to play that service and they do something as awful as just convict a man because it's convenient. Um, And I think we should maybe make the point clear is that in this town, people connected to the case and subsequently. To um, to Johnny, uh, to, to Johnny's um, death, have died mysteriously. Haven't is, is is the way yeah. in some senses. Yeah, and um, yeah. and obviously your film goes some way to sort of explicitly show the influence that maybe the the the, the restless spirit of Johnny had a role in yeah. that, which is kind of fascinating. Yeah. As um, yeah, yeah. Rather, no, no. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. And, and again, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think with this film, there's many things that could have been explored more and could have been explained more or sometimes explained less. Um, but I, I, I think, no, yeah, that point is exactly correct. And, and, um, yeah, you know, you, you just, and, and I think, you know, you, you picked up on the, I think the, um, collective, you know, consciousness, uh, or, or, or the guilt. And, and I, I think, you know, in reality, a lot of these people at some point realized that what they'd done was was wrong. And, um, and you know, whether they committed suicide, you know, so there, there was a lot of people died of cancer. And, and, and I just felt that, you know, however, you know, their deaths manifested themselves, there was just something inside them eating them up, realizing that actually exactly what you say, you know, they're ostensibly good proper, you know, upstanding citizens and probably for most of their life had been. And and then this this comes along and, and and again they probably thought they're doing the right thing. But at some point, you know, whether it's five weeks later or five years later, um they they, they change their mind and, and feel that they you know they've been hoodwinked or that they've they've you know deliberately shied away from from the truth or what they you know saw as the truth um so so yeah you know i i don't think you necessarily have much sympathy for any of these people when, when they die. um and you know again it's it's yeah it's it's certainly you know a more interesting kind of aspect of the film that actually even this this crazy kind of you know Evil Johnny, um, you probably in a way have more sympathy for because because these are people who actually fucked over his life. Indeed, indeed. Um, now, what 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 in particular are um, from from a from a fright fest audience point of view? What, mm. what what without giving too many spoilers? Um, what 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 are you particularly looking forward to uh, 
what are you particularly looking forward to the audience seeing in the film or experiencing? Well, you know, it's it's funny because I, I I think you know I, I've had all, well certainly my my most recent films played at Fright Fest since the Living the Dead. So you know I had Living the Dead, Red, White, Blue, ABCs of Death, Little Deaths, and then this, and and certainly I I, I generally find myself saying kind of almost apologising, saying well these films aren't really quite horror films really. And, and and even with this, you know, I, I don't think it's you know, in some respects this is more a thriller in a way. And you know, it's it's not a hardcore horror film. I think it's creepy, um I think it's weird and it's it's you know, that it, it, there is, you know, food for thought in a lot of it. But I guess that there's one scene there's a classroom scene, which I, I won't say more than that really, mm. which I, I think is is um it's it's a fun death which I, I think is very much, you know, uh, kind of perfect for for any any kind of horror festival audience and, and especially fright fest. So I, I think I think I'd have to say that one really. Mm. No, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. And uh, yes, it was uh, it was like it was like the spirit of Johnny was 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 getting was ruining more innocence in the town in that moment. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. And, and actually, you know, there, there's a. Um, when when he's in the hotel room and he he watches TV and he has these visions on TV. I mean that that's that's not quite horror per se, but I, I that, that that's something I, I I really like as well. And you know something with 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 the sound design and 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 all the um kind of images of 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 the um of the jurors as as they've been slightly um distorted and and stuff. I I, I think that's that's another you know for me a kind of highlight really. One of one of my favourite cameos, and I can't I can't recall the the actor's name, is the um, is the the, the spiritualist who um, the, the clever. Uh, yeah. yeah, she was great. She, she was, great. was she's she was really she she was really menacing as a as a as a kind of representation of the so called truth. Yeah, um, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. She, Sue Rock was the actress's name, and okay. um, yeah, you know, and and I think in the end, you know. That was actually a really hard one to cast because it was very hard to um, find someone to play that role who, who didn't look like just a very, you know, obvious cliche kind of wearing mm. gypsies kind of hairnet and big earrings and 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 um, so that, that was a tough one to cast and and in the end she came along and, and um, we, we we went with her and, and I think as you know, and, and I think to the hair and makeup, I said, you know, just make her, try to make her look, you know, as weird as you can whilst still making her, you know, natural. So that, that's what, what they did. And, and I think she, she was, you know, she was quite surprised when she saw herself, you know, for the first time looking like that. Cause she's, you know, she, she, she's a, she's a, uh, you know, a nice, attractive woman. And, um, and certainly, you know, yeah, you know, she, she looks pretty rough. You know, she, I always thought she ended up looking like a bit of a kind of, Meth, meth, kind of crack addict, really, um, and and certainly, you know, and and her, you know, she, her speech, her speech in real life was quite slow, but we 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 made it slower um, in the actual film. So yeah, you know, I I think, I think again, that's actually that's actually one of my favourite scenes because as, as you say, there's a kind of menace there, and, and that there's a stillness there, and there's, there's a pause between, uh, you know, quite a lot of the dialogue to, to make you think. Yeah, what the, again? What what well, is going it's, on here? It's where our hero's trying to get to the trip, get to the the, the, the the heart of the truth, and yeah. then he gets he gets sod all, <laughs> yeah. other than yeah. actively fobbed off. I think it's yeah. safe to say, and then 
part of this horrible journey that he's found himself on. It's almost like it's almost like he's on a he's on like a dinner date with destiny, isn't he? But he does he doesn't actually know and can't stop himself at the same time. Yeah, no, exactly. And and, and again, you know, somewhat um, scary to say the least. That that was all true. You know that, that the police. But the police had no idea, you know, as a singer on who killed um, the, the nun who was called Sister Tadea Benz. Mm. And, and um, basically, they they said that they, well, no, she came to them and said that she'd had a vision. And in that vision, she'd, she'd, she'd had the address of the murderer mm. and, and, and the, um, there was a name... The name I can't even remember, but it turns out that the, the name was the um, Johnny Frank Garrett's dog, and the address was Johnny Frank Garrett's um, address. So basically, the, the police went around and actually arrested Johnny Frank Garrett on the evidence of this psychic, which is just kind of crazy, really. And I and I think they held him, you know, for a good few days before then then managing somehow to find some other evidence, which they then used to charge him with. So he, 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 even even that was just you know kind of amazing. Um. So so you know in in that opening in the because this is all part of the setup in the opening. Yeah. When, when they're in the court, when they're in the jury room. Yeah. And 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 and, and Andy says that you know um, that um, Adam sorry says, um, but they never found the fingerprints till days after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Co- is that coming straight from the the, the, the yeah. lineage of the story, the real story? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So it really is like making a murder, isn't it? It's sort of... No, no, no. I mean, trust me, it, it really is. It, I, I mean, as I said, you know, it's really worth tracking down the last word because you do watch it and go, "Are, are you fucking kidding?" And, and there's there's actually you know more things that are in, in the documentary that for for various reasons you know we didn't manage to get into the actual film you know story, but um, yeah, that that's just one of them. And 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 so basically, um, they they found his fingerprints in the nun's bedroom. So, so, so then it was like, you know, well, okay, what was he doing in the nun's bedroom if he, if he didn't kill her? But it turns out that the, 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 the priest who, um, who was in control of, of, of the convent, um, or the or diocese, you know, he, he said that, that Johnny, Johnny would go and just hang out with the nuns because he, he literally lived across the road from them. Um, and, and, and it wasn't unusual for them, him, you know, to spend the night there and just hang out with them, and and everyone really liked him. And 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 the priest said, you know, the, the reality is that you know we just moved, um, everyone had just moved kind of premises. So he said that in reality, Johnny Frank Garrett's fingerprints would have probably been in in you know the majority of the nuns' rooms because he'd been helping them carry carry all the furniture. Um, yeah. yeah, but something like that, you know. Was didn't didn't get get into into the trial. Um, so oh, things like yeah, which you know you'd immediately think would be more than reasonable doubt were just missed out. No, totally, totally. Well, look, um, Johnny Frank Garrett's last word is a, is is to me is a really a really interesting way to uh, tell the story of a a true story kind of thing, but in a way of explicitly showing. The, the explanation of an unre- of a restless spirit taking his revenge on an in- injustice. I thought it was a really interesting interesting way of, and I've not seen that before. So um, let's so, remind people when they can see it. What was the date again? The day? Yeah, the Sunday, the twenty eighth of August, and that's going to be eleven fifteen, one o'clock, and three forty five in the three big screens. So people with yeah. tickets 
who know. Now, for those people that aren't going to Fright Fest, Simon, is, is there yeah. a release date scheduled for uh, Johnny Fred uh, Garrett's Last Word? I have. I don't know. I know in America we're literally um, days away from signing a distribution deal. Um, okay. With, so with, we'll wait, with, we'll wait for the news, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would hope by the time Fright Fest comes along that that would have. I mean, I, I literally got um, an email from the um, well, from the sales agent, sales rep, I should say, um, yesterday or the day before, saying, you know, we're literally days away from it. So. So okay. yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping really any 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 minute now that will happen, and then but yeah, that's that's for North America, and then I say I have no idea what's happening with with the rest of the world, um, but yeah, you know, hopefully once once something happens in North America, then then the people who are selling the rest of the world will, will then you know get on the case. Indeed, indeed. Well, look, thank you very much for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck with the uh, the UK premiere. At Fright Fest in in a few weeks. Yeah, and I, I'm, I think I'm going to be there for all the screenings. So um, yeah, so I'll be answering lots of questions. Hopefully, good man, good man. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes. Hey, what's going on? If you don't already subscribe to Britflix. Just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we release it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to stream from on the website. This has been a Britflix Fest Preview Podcast 2016. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.